1: Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. And this is our special coverage of the Mueller Report. This is part four in our series. I'm your host, A.G., and with me as always are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Today we are covering part of section four, only a small part, because it's a huge effing section. Uh, And this section is called uh, Russian Government Links and Contacts with the Trump Campaign, beginning on page 66, if you're reading along. So (laughs) this is where we just get into, and by the way, we all know the Mueller Report is a summary. Mm-hmm. And the summary here of of the Trump campaign contacts with Russia is going to take us a few episodes, probably four episodes to cover. That's intense. That's how many campaign contacts—over a hundred, right? With Russia, this is the juiciest section for sure. Yes, outside of Volume Two. Yeah. Yes, correct. This is, this is Volume One. That's true. So far, I guess I should have said certainly. Yeah. So the introduction to this section states the Office of Special Counsel was tasked with investigating the third avenue of attempted Russian interference, which are the links between the Trump campaign and Russia, and that the office was unable to establish criminal coordination between the two parties. As we know, the threshold to charge is very high. And as explained previously, the fact that no conspiracy could be charged does not mean there were not significant links between the Russians and the Trump campaign. It also doesn't mean there was zero evidence of collusion. There's tons of it, and we're about to go over it in the next four episodes. Yeah, lots of gray area. <laughs> so Mueller then explains that this section of the report will outline those links, uh, mostly in chronological order, from the early days of the campaign, through the election, and through transition. And in a fantasy report
4: world, throughout his
1: presidency. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like he got in, eh, you know, he had to stop at some point. You got to draw a line, otherwise you just be in there forever.
4: Yeah. I wish uh, Lewandowski would have gone to him and been like, hey, can you only do like future stuff? And then he'd be like, sure, fingers crossed. And then just come out with two reports. That's my fantasy world. I like it.
1: I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So part A here of Russian government contacts with Trump folks covers the entire campaign period from September 2015 to November 2016. And this section is beefy. Uh, It has eight sections. Uh, The Trump Tower Moscow, Papadopoulos, Carter Page, Dimitri Simes, and the Center for National Interest, the June 9th, 2016 Trump Tower meeting, the Republican National Convention, post convention contacts with Kislyak, and Paul Manafort. But we're only going to be covering today uh, the Trump Tower, Moscow, and Papadopoulos. And then uh, the next episode, we'll get to Carter Page and Dimitri Simes, and so on and so forth. That's how giant this section is. Yeah, That's how very many Uh, And this entire section begins by saying Russians and Russian media began showing interest in Trump just months after he announced in June 2015 and that Mueller investigated the Trump Tower Moscow deal to see if there was any coordination related to the election. Um, He then let us know that as the campaign progressed, Russian outreach progressed and that the office also looked into two of Trump's policy advisors and their connections to finding dirt on Hillary Clinton in the form of emails. Uh, a D.C.-based think tank with Russia connections, the Trump Tower meeting, the National Convention, post-convention contacts between Trump aides and Kislyak, and then, of course, contacts through Manafort. There's a footnote here that gives an example of Russian outreach at the bottom of page 66 and how in August of 2015, a Russian journalist reached out to Hope Hicks um, and for an interview with Trump and uh that a day earlier the publication registered the domains trump 2016.ru and donaldtrump2016.ru <laughs> i am are you <laughs> i wonder if i got those from GoDaddy. oh yeah i bet time to
4: renew GoDaddy dictator <laughs> go get D- the world domination ball rolling today at just
1: 10.99 a month definitely godictator.com it's our next it's our next ad oh
0: yeah. nice somebody make a note
1: there please. oh you got it <laughs> we're gonna do it it's gonna go down uh, so yeah. And Hope Picks, you guys, as you know, I don't know if you knew this today, uh, today, just, to, what are we on June 12th? Um, she agreed to testify to the house, uh, judiciary committee, I believe behind closed doors and they will publish the transcripts to that. Although I imagine anything she's asked about at her time in the white house or during the transition, she'll probably invoke executive privilege. Yeah. yeah.
4: And she's like massively pissing Trump off by cooperating with that. But sure
0: he's not behind it? I mean, I wouldn't imagine he is, but I kind of wonder.
1: No, I don't think he's behind it, but I'm sure she's just trying to do what she can. But I think she'll just keep saying executive privilege and he'll be happy with that. Yeah,
0: because that defends him.
1: Yeah. And that, by the way, she has no grounds on which to claim executive privilege. (sighs) But
0: white privilege?
4: But I thought that she was not claiming that. And she would like by responding to that request for documents and for testimony. That's her sort of defying his plan to claim executive privilege. I just mean when she sits down
1: in front of the closed-door ah, Congress and they yes, ask yes, her yes, about yes. shit. Oh, you think she's she'll just going to wind up saying that? That's executive privilege. Let's
0: oh, do a drinking I wonder. Yeah, every yeah, time she I'll... says that, let's
4: just take a well, shot. Well, we'll never know.
1: Because it's behind closed doors, right? <laughs> well, we we'll get the transcripts, though. They're going to release the transcripts. What a fun yeah. drinking <laughs> game to read. <laughs> Reading drinking games. <laughs> oh, I'm a slow reader. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to page 67, and we'll get into section one under the campaign part A, and this is about the Trump Tower Moscow project. We know all about this. Uh, There's a basic introduction saying that from 2013 to 2016, Trump is a douche. No, Trump was trying (laughs) to build Trump Tower Moscow. And uh, Cohen spearheaded – not superheaded. He gave superhead to all the project (laughs) managers. No, he spearheaded the project from the fall of 2015 to mid-2016. The footnote reminds us that Cohen was charged – for lying um, about the Trump Tower Moscow timeline. We know that. The next section talks about the elements of Trump Tower Moscow, including subsection A, Underpants A, which is about the Crocus Group, and subsection B, which is about IC Expert and uh, Ritz Kalatze. We've heard of him. We've talked about him quite a bit in early episodes of the Mueller She Wrote Main podcast. And then subsection C, Trump's letter of intent, and then subsection D, the travel propositions of Russian contacts. Woo! Mm-hmm. Moscow. So <laughs> subsection A is the Crocus Group. It covers a timeline for twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. Crocus Group is a Russian real estate conglomerate owned by R.S. Agalarov, Aguilar, uh, Aguilarov. and he, he his son is Amin Aguilarov. Remember I the, think the Christina. Yeah, yeah, Christina
0: Aguilarov. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and they started dis I don't know why that's the noise for that's her. It's pretty but good. <laughs> Uh, They started discussing Trump Tower Moscow project shortly after the 2013 Miss Universe pageant, very feminist organization. And that's according to Don Jr.'s testimony to the Senate Judiciary in September 2017. That's per the footnote. Trump Jr. was the negotiator for the Trump org and Emin Agalarov, the singer and son of Eris Agalarov, uh, uh, who else was there? Ike Cavalazze. We've heard of him, too. And sometimes Rob Goldstone. Oh, that's right. Goldstone. Dude, that guy's been flying
4: under the radar, like, so much more than I feel he deserves. <laughs> we've had him on the show, and he just seemed like the nicest fella. Yeah, and they every time he do. shows up, he's just like, I didn't know, I mean, like like every f- time, that's what he does.
1: Like mm-hmm. the fall staff of... <laughs> Of the whole situation, like whoopsie doodle, Guildstone. Yeah, yeah shouldn't have put that banana peel outside that office. <laughs> the goofiest Bond villain of all. There you go, mm-hmm. Goldstone. Anyway, he represented the Crocus Group, and I would note here that this seems uh, like a lot of the same folks that tried to organize the Trump Tower meeting in June of 2016. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if Junior felt pressured to set up that meeting because of, of a potential tower deal. Like, take this meeting you know don't you want trump tower moscow to be built oh. yes Ooh. again with the
4: goldstone thing it's like it's one thing for him to be like oh i didn't know that that was really bad stuff about the whole dirt on hillary clinton thing but then i didn't know it was bad stuff about the trump tower and a potential run for
1: president whoopsie. Mm-hmm. but in a british accent whoopsie yeah. yeah uh anyway uh this is the epitome of compromised in my personal opinion uh, but we don't know about any of that because that's counterintelligence stuff not part of the Mueller report uh, but they did start the counterintelligence hearings today in, in Congress, so that was we'll see where that goes. But in December 2013, Kavaladze and Jr. signed a preliminary terms, and later that month, Trump Org accepted a 3.5% commission on all sales with no licensing fees or incentives. And they spent January and February of 2014 developing a letter of intent. Uh, two months to write a letter of intent. <laughs> all this according to emails Mueller obtained. And that's per the footnotes there. Second paragraph on page sixty-seven covers most of twenty fourteen and goes uh, onto the development plans, including that it was going to be an eight hundred unit building constructed on an Agalarov owned site called Crocus City. Take me down to Crocus (laughs) City (laughs) where the grass is green. Yeah, Crocus City. It sounds like a.
4: It needs to be guarded with a motive like crocodiles or something that like later get turned into jackets for money
0: laundering purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of croaking like. dead people. It's just morbid. Yeah, uh, crocus City. I don't like it. Crocuses are flowers, I think. Oh, okay. Well, good for them. It's a weird name for a flower. It It just sounds like crocus. Yeah, some names are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I often um,
1: think chlamydia is too pretty for an STD name. Right. Yeah. Or sublime shouldn't mean happy. It sounds terrible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. And, you know, it just does. <laughs> then we found out Ivanka toured the site, Crocus City. Take me home. <laughs> and uh, this is the site with Emin Aguilarif. toured with him uh, in February of 2014. And this is interesting because of the emails that were recently uncovered between Cohen and four Trump, Oregon, Trump family lawyers, namely Fudra Abby Lowell, Seculo, and Alan Garton that instruct Cohen to lie to Congress and say that Ivanka was not at all involved in any of this and then dangled a pardon for Cohen if he tells that lie. But here we have Ivanka touring the first Trump Tower Moscow site in, you know, Crocus City. Hey! <laughs> so to think she had nothing to do with future negotiations, especially in the hotel she was going to have her own spa inside of, is I'm stupid. glad you mentioned
0: that. Yeah, she literally was going to have a spa and a jewelry store in there, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, fine jewelry on both sides. We've made jokes about that. Yeah. our city. <laughs> So
1: by November 2014, Crocus City, hey, uh, t- <laughs> talks uh, talks broke down, and the Trumps did the old spaceman goodbye. <laughs> that's something, that's how Jordan leaves conversations. She yeah, puts yeah. on a jetpack and goes... It's <laughs> amazing. Floats away.
4: <laughs> my ideal my ideal exiting. <laughs> yeah,
1: because we do, we, cause it's an Irish goodbye when you just ghost a party and don't say bye to everybody, yeah, <laughs> but right. Jordan does the old spaceman goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: that
0: way you don't have to walk. Right. Nope. I like to moonwalk out of things. And feel. a sign
1: is left behind that says... Jordan has left the conversation. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the footnotes here show that Mueller got all this from emails. So these are emails. This isn't just somebody said something sometime and maybe he heard it. Uh, Then we move on to part B here regarding IC expert and Ritz-Kalatze. And uh, these are the talks that began on a new project idea in the summer of 2015. And this is where Felix Sater jumps in and gets with Cohen and they work on behalf of the Trump org. Sater had already worked on a previous Trump Tower Moscow deal. Uh, so he was familiar with what the Trump Org was interested in, and he also served as an informal agent to the Trump Org when he accompanied Ivanka Trump uh, Jr. Uh, and Trump Jr. to to Moscow in the mid-2000s. And, and there were a couple of different Trump Tower Moscow deals, and this is what Russia does, and we know this from uh, David Korn and Michael Isikoff in the book Russian Roulette when he was talking about Carter Page, and they said, how did you deal with Carter Page? How did you get one over on him? And the Russians said, well, we make him promise... Then we get documents from him. Then we tell him, go Mm -hmm. fuck himself. Mm -hmm. Right. That's their strategy. So here they are dangling these Trump towers, and they never come to fruition. And we know from the Fusion GPS Glenn Simpson testimony, he was really interested in why there were so many starts of deals in Moscow, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever got done. Because ding, 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 that's a red flag that they're... Dangling. dangling
4: buildings yeah
1: that's so funny
0: i want to get like a little necklace like a little moscow tower necklace just dangling <laughs> dangle necklace so i just yeah
1: charm like a yeah button. yeah yeah <laughs> he went to jared mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's this is what they do they did you need to you. make
0: that pun he went to jared oh
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny that's brilliant yeah. <laughs> yes unintended pun yeah
0: and
4: the trumps fell for it because ivanka found her ass in russia multiple times mm-hmm. looking into that deal so they just string you along various forms of
1: it yeah. You know it's like a it's like that ant in Honey I shrunk the kids with the stick tied mm-hmm. to it with the piece of the cookie and and it but it's tied to his own body, so he just kept keeps walking forward Yeah, he's never going to get that cookie, and then she's
4: like, "Hey, I don't want anyone to know that I'm an idiot and went there multiple <laughs> times, basically yeah, <laughs> totally,
0: totally. just keep this between us." <laughs>
1: Oh, Ivanka. So Sater reached out to Cohen on behalf of IC Expert. That's a Russian real estate corporation, much like Crocus, but with a better name. Uh, <laughs> and they were controlled by a dude named Andrei Rossov. Sater has known Rosov since 2007, at least. And he and bought a building in New York with him in 2014. So he contacted Rosov to pursue a Trump Tower in Moscow in which IC Expert would build the thing and then license the Trump name for it. Um, which is all Trump does. He doesn't build anything. He finds people who are building shit and sticks his name on it and asks for money. Totally.
0: <laughs> the American way.
1: <laughs> it's like, that's the smallest dick energy I can think of. Oh, definitely. We have something on the show if you're new here, we call it small dick energy mm-hmm. and it doesn't actually have anything to do with the size of your penis. Right. It's just how you act and just give me money to put my name on your building. Is a good example of that energy. Yeah.
4: Infuriating. He was able to even remotely create a business around that. Mm -hmm. he lost well now we know he didn't
1: make any money off of (laughs) it in fact lost a billion dollars (laughs) biggest loser bigly Mm -hmm. Uh, Cohen was the only Trump org person to negotiate directly with IC expert and got permission to do so from candidate Trump in September of 2015 and he kept Trump uh, Trump directly informed about the progress Cohen also communicated with Ivanka about an architect and uh, with Junior all in the fall of 2015 and these are beans come true guys this architect isn't named here but I know it's John (gasps) Fotiadis We reported on Fodiatis and added him to our fantasy indictment draft in December of 2018. He's the guy who immediately shuttered his 10-year-old architectural firm the minute CNBC reached out to him about the Trump Tower Moscow project. Mm-hmm. It just disappeared. And we knew back then Mueller was looking closely at Fotiadis, who Trump uh, has used in all of his Eastern European projects. Might be worth drafting for your fantasy indictment team. Uh, according to footnotes on this page, all of this information came from Mueller's interviews with Cohen, Sader, and Rossoff, but not Fodiatis, which means he's either a worthless or a target. He's on the run. So he's put like, some beans on that guy. He's an argot. <laughs> he can build his own bridges and get away. <laughs> and burn them. Just build, burn, oh, build, great. burn. that's <laughs>
4: great. You'll never in- catch me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more inclined to think he's just worthless.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then he, why'd he, he get spooked? What's that about? Because oh, just... worthless people are... Scared. Spaceman goodbye. You know? Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did Spaceman goodbye that one. He did. Yeah, solid. Full on. Well done. Yeah. yate What's his name? Fotiate. Okay. <laughs> he strikes me as the type of person that wouldn't
4: be able to commit to even whatever level of criminality that wouldn't even reach. Totally. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah. I can't. I can't Catch do Catch him it. jaywalking. He'll shut down his hole. From- <laughs> <laughs> he just flies
1: yeah. away i wasn't dre
4: yeah like he was dipping his toes in the water of sketchy deals
0: or something mm-hmm. and he got spooked yeah but, the not, the
1: but he has a history of that so right and, and you know what? good for
0: him if Dip he ran in the other direction you
1: know toes.
0: <laughs> i like that
1: Somebody make me a beat dre okay <laughs> um, anyway the you're f- talking to me <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I've never laughed that uh, That fall, Cohen reached out to Ritz Kaladze. This is the guy from the first Trump Tower Moscow deal with Crocus. Crocus City! And uh, Ritz Kaladze forwarded that to an associate saying, If we could organize a meeting in New York City at the highest level of the Russian government, and Mr. Trump, this project would definitely receive worldwide attention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's exactly how he talked. <laughs> Cohen and Ritz came back and forth. They, they emailed back and forth a lot trying to get the project off the ground, but Cohen eventually decided fuck you crocus group going with IC expert instead because it's got expert in the name they're fucking experts of course of course Uh, all this is according to the emails Mueller got uh, per per the footnotes here on this page
2: I'm Greg Oliar four years ago I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates in 2018 I wrote a best-selling book about it Dirty Rubles in 2019 I launched Prevail a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin spies and mobsters and so many traitors Trump may be gone but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail.
1: Then on to Section C about the letter of intent and contacts with, uh, with the Russians between October 2015 and January 2016. So between October and November 2015, Trump and IC experts signed a letter of intent. This is the one we got where everyone was like, oh, <gasps> Hurls clutch them uh, because they, you know we found out he was trying to build a tower the whole time. His campaign was saying, I got nothing to do with the Russians. No, and you know Manafort's like that's that that's what this, our position is. Mm-hmm. No contacts, no business deals, and here he is, a signed letter of intent um, in November 2015 with Trump and IC experts. Uh, and we reported on that when the news outlet obtained the copy. of The letter said both parties intended to facilitate further discussions to enter into a mutually acceptable agreement for Trump Tower Moscow. Um, IT expert then goes into the terms, which are boring, but basically would it earn substantial sums of money uh, for Trump without Trump having to assume any significant liabilities or fin- financial commitments. $100 million, $180 million or something like that. A lot of effing money. Oh, yeah. Um, now are you compromised? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll find out in the counterintelligence information as, as that comes to light, if it does. On uh, November tw- uh, November 3rd, 2015, after the letter of intent was signed, uh, Sader emailed Cohen to tell him how the project could help Trump get elected and we've all heard this email if you've listened to the podcast I don't know maybe if you're not into this you probably haven't heard this email but <laughs> we sure have buddy our boy can become president of the USA and we can engineer it what uh, an opening line like seriously buddy our boy yeah
4: I'm surprised the GOP isn't accusing Sader of being a planted mole whose like sole job was to get Trump's campaign to be investigated with
1: that email dude totally <laughs> so, Uh, I will get all Putin's team to buy in on this. I will manage this process. Michael, Putin gets on stage with Donald for a ribbon cutting for Trump Tower Moscow, and Donald owns the Republican nomination and possibly beats Hillary, and our boy is in. We will manage this process better than anyone. You and I will get Donald and Vladimir on stage together very shortly. This is a game changer. Sater then followed up the same day with this email. Donald doesn't stare down. He negotiates and understands the economic issues, and Putin only wants to deal with a pragmatic leader, and successful businessman is a good candidate for someone who knows how to negotiate uh, business, politics, whatever. It's all time for someone who knows how to deal. (laughs) I think I can get Putin to say that at a Trump Tower Moscow press conference, if he says it, we own this election. America's not difficult. Adversary it's really poorly worded sorry yes agreeing that donald is good guy to negotiate uh we can own this election michael my next steps are very sensitive with putin's very very close people we can pull this off michael let's go two boys from brooklyn getting a usa president elected oh my god this is really really good the footnotes on this page the footnotes on this page indicate that's all information on on page 71 it came from cohen Seder, and rossoff emails as well as the letter of intent so those are all emails And according to Cohen, moving on to page 72, he did not realize the political import of Trump Tower Moscow, nor did he recall speaking to anyone from the Trump campaign about it. But he did say he recalled Trump saying the campaign would be a great infomercial for Trump brand properties.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, I would think about that for a while, how he had Trump TV in the works. I don't think he really... Wanted to win, maybe he was open to it, but mostly they seem to have backup plans there, yeah. like to use the campaign as a propeller for something back in the media. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: to make a whole new channel for mm-hmm. just fuck faces. And
0: he happened to win. Putin probably really wanted him to win, but Trump was like, "I'll just ride this wave," you know. Just I don't enough. think you
1: expected to win. You right. saw
0: his face that night, right? Yeah,
1: yeah it. I just made. I face. wish they could all see. it. <laughs> Uh, Then the next subsection under pants goes on to talk about post LOI contacts with Russia opening by saying Sater told Cohen he felt they would need to go. He would they would need the go ahead from a high ranking Russian official or high ranking Russian officials. And if they could get Putin, they'd be golden. Well, yeah, because there's not really a higher ranking Russian official. Uh, Sater then reached out through another Russian business contact. Then, a month after the letter of intent, Klokov's wife, Lana Urchova, or Urkova, I think it's Urchova, emailed Ivanka to offer Klokov assistance. So, Urchova, Ivanka, Klokov assistance to the Trump campaign. (laughs) Ivanka then forwarded that email to Cohen. And these Ivanka communications are important because of the Trump lawyers, again, urging Michael Cohen and later emails to say Ivanka had nothing to do with any of this. She's totally innocent. Sweet, sweet girl. Right. She just forwarded them because, you know. It was an accident. Yeah, totally. Her fingers slip, you know. You know, reply all, I hate when I do that. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) Cohen uh, Googled clock off and found... He thought he found him but what he actually found was a former Olympic weightlifter. Oh that's so funny. <laughs> but he thought it was him but it wasn't him. I guess maybe because Trump hangs out with wrestlers he was like it could be this guy. Yeah, he gave a sumo wrestler a trophy well, yeah, recently. Yeah, freaking, yeah I like a is a pop star dude. Everything's yeah. fucked. Yeah, every reality isn't real. Uh, but eventually Cohen got a hold of the actual clockoff, who urged him to travel to Russia and meet with an intermediary in hopes those conversations would lead to another meeting with Putin. They argued a bit about uh, whether it would be an official vis- uh, visit or an unofficial visit. And then the conversations ended without follow through. So they ghosted mm. by late December 2015. Again, that's another example of a Russian just just mm-hmm. dipping out. Trying to hook and then leaving him,
0: go fuck yourself. The Russian spaceman, goodbye.
1: Yes. Which is a go go fuck yourself.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Sater's email saying, we can do this. Come on, two Brooklyn boys getting a U.S. president elected. That's exactly what they want. They want to let the dangling lights that fire under them. Yeah. Thinking they can use that to get him elected when Mm -hmm. really they're going to use him. And get jobs in the administration. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. So uh, by late December 2015, Cohen was frustrated that Sater hadn't really set up any useful meetings. So he ventured out on his own, emailing the Russian press secretary, Peskov, that he got from the website (laughs) and uh, Putin's chief of staff, Ivanov. But he entered the email address incorrectly. (laughs) Of course. So he emailed the press secretary again in January saying, hey, bro, our talks on Trump Tower have stalled. Hook a brother up. And he emailed again two days later asking to speak with Putin's chief of staff, Ivanov. Cohen uh, told Congress he didn't remember getting responses, but the lie detector said that was a lie. <laughs> and Cohen admitted he lied uh, to the office and continued communicating with them and working on the deal through June 2016. Um, there was a little more back and forth with Ivanov's personal assistant, Cohen and Sater, inviting Cohen to travel to meet with him, but Cohen never went. Mm-hmm. His phone went, though, probably. <laughs> His phone went. His phone goes everywhere without him. Yeah. Uh, then we uh, get to the top of page 76, sub- subsection D, entitled Discussions About Russia Travel by Michael Cohen or candidate Trump, December 2015 to June 2015, 2016, excuse me. Part one is Sader's overtures to Cohen to travel to Russia. So this is a little detail about Seder trying to get him to come over. Mueller says here that those late January travel discussions were not the first or the last uh, about Cohen contemplating travel to Russia. Then um, they outline emails beginning in late, late 2015 that include discussions where Sada repeatedly tries to get Cohen to come to Russia. One of the first emails reads, please call me. I have Yevgeny Davoskin on the other line. Uh, he needs a copy of you and Donald's passports. So they need to scan of every page of the passports. Wow. Invitations and visas will be issued this week by VTB Bank. That's amazing. To discuss financing for Trump Tower Moscow. No, they're That's just a- trying so hard to get whatever they can. That's a sanctioned bank by way." Mm-hmm. Politically, neither Putin's office nor Ministry of Foreign Affairs can, cannot issue invites, so they are inviting commercially business. <laughs> uh, Politically? Be, yeah.
4: As if they give any fucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So VTB is Russia's second biggest bank, and VTB Bank CEO, uh, Andrei Koston, uh will be at the meetings with Putin so that it's a business meeting and not political. We will be invited to Russian consulate this week to receive invite and have visa issued. Thank you. Uh, VTB Bank is one of the possible entities that is in a secret subpoena battle with Mueller, uh, the secret company from Country A. Now the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office has that case. Uh, last July, Mueller issued a subpoena to a foreign state-owned entity with a U.S. office or U.S. offices that does significant business in the U.S. And Judge Beryl Howell held the company in contempt, fining them $50,000 a day until they handed over the documents. They refused, claiming so- sovereignty, but ultimately lost and handed over nearly 1,000 documents to special counsel. But special counsel objected, saying there was a mysterious chunk of time missing. So the judge upped the contempt fines to 300000 a day. But then resolved the case a couple days later and removed the contempt order when Mueller's investigation ended. And it seemed to surprise everyone in the court documents as they had all expected to have more time to file motions. Uh, In recently released court documents, we found out that the secret subpoena case goes to the heart of the Russia investigation and was actually opened before Mueller was appointed, Mm -hmm. but handed off to him because it was applicable to Mueller's jurisdiction. Many feel that VTB Bank could be that secret entity as it was poised to finance Trump Tower Moscow, among other things. Mm -hmm. I personally think the secret company is owned by a Gulf state because both prosecutors put on the case. uh, both in the DC U.S. Attorney's office and in the Special Counsel's office are Middle East experts. Mm-hmm. So I figure it's maybe Qatar Investment Authority or maybe uh, Mubadala uh, Investment Fund, but. The identity is still unknown, and a new court order indicates they will not release the identity anytime soon. So I'm, I'm hoping a journalist cracks it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes, That's please. what I'm hoping. You is it so.
0: Stedman, where are you at? Patriots. Who's not leaking? Why is there not anyone leaking? Yeah, mm-hmm. we need that re- or unredacted Mueller report leak, too. Just yeah. get it
1: over with. We need a deep throat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need a deep throat. All right, guys. So uh, anyway, Cohen texted Sater an image of his passport and then asked Rona Graf, that's Trump's, you know, assistant. Um... For Trump's, which apparently was not sent. I <laughs> wouldn't send him a copy of my passport either. Uh, Mueller notes here that Davoskin and the executive, or that DeVoskin is an executive of GenBank and is under U.S. sanctions on the OFAC list. He was deported from the U.S. in 2000 for criming, stock fraud. Mm-hmm. Then, page 77, more communications between Sater and Cohen in April 2016, three months later. Sater asked Cohen if he was coming uh, to Russia. Just, you know, not coming, but right, right yeah. to Russia. To yeah. Russia. Yeah. He uh, said in an email, I had a chat with Moscow, just the town, I guess. Uh, <laughs> assuming the trip, assuming the trip does not happen, the questions is before or after the convention. I said, I believe, but I don't know for sure. That's it's probably after the convention. Obviously, the pre-meeting trip, you only can happen anytime you want. But the two big guys wear the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Well, he tried. I said I would confirm and revert. Let me know. About if I was right by saying I believe after Cleveland and also when you want to speak with them and possibly fly over.
0: <laughs> Google Translate is a thing. I, I can't feel you like... just
1: say like, "You coming over, bra?" Yeah, that's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. succinct. Right yeah <laughs> whoa word salad uh, so Seder reached out that's by the way is how you identify a Russian troll in, in the internet research oh definitely agency. they don't even bother they tweet like that yeah yeah it's a very distinct pattern because mm-hmm. of the way that the Russian, is, the Russian language is set up and the way how English is different with yeah. subjects and nominatives and stuff yeah. like that you, you can know, feel it something you
0: know? else it's that liberals will point that out as I think we should but then the people that you know are, are, I guess in support of the bots they'll be like oh you're just making fun of the fact that they don't speak proper like in you, support elite. of the bots yeah like in un- indirectly in support of the bots because they're just making it out like, you know how I've heard some conservatives like say that liberals are so nitpicky about language, but I'm like, no, it's important that we see these patterns.
1: Yeah, because I'm not making fun of them because of no, the Russian. Russian. Right. I'm anything, being they- angry at them because they're sitting in a Russian troll farm right now trying to interfere in our democracy. Yeah. Exactly.
4: And if anything, that language sounds more advanced
1: than the ways like <laughs> Americans know. speak English. For sure. <laughs> I think the Russian language is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I-, I know what you mean. Like, oh, will you make fun of the way I talk? English is my second language. Thought you liked immigrants. Right. I'm like, they mm- missed That's the point. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I had a chat with Moscow. I just love that opening line. (laughs) Me and Moscow chatting on the phone. So uh, Seder reached out again in May trying to tie Cohen's travel to the St. Petersburg International Forum, uh, saying Peskov would like to invite you as his guest uh, to the St. Petersburg Forum, which is Russia's Davos. It's June 16th to 19th. He wants to meet there with you and possibly introduce you to either Putin or Medvedev. Uh, as they are not sure if one or both will be there, this is perfect. The entire business class of Russia will be there uh, as well, he said. Anything you want to discuss includes dates and subjects are on the table to discuss. Sader texted Cohen again the next day to see if those dates. He's really desperate, man. Mm-hmm. Chill out. You got to wait two wait. days. Right? Oh
0: yeah, two. I was gonna say three, but two, two is fine.
1: <laughs> is it a standard three days now? Mm-hmm. For Jesus. Okay, for
0: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's all who we want
4: to be <laughs> <laughs> Totally.
1: Uh, the next day he texted him the next day to see if those dates worked you, can you do it can you do it and Cohen just replied works for me and Sater kept on sending him stuff about the trip promising Putin would be there or Medvedev but Cohen felt like if he, he was Cohen really felt like he was blowing smoke up his ass and he wasn't at all connected to Putin or anyone else important for that matter so on June 14th Cohen met Sater in the lobby of Trump Tower and told him he would not be traveling to Russia mm i think you're full of shit bro yeah sassy i feel like you i feel like you're dangling oh. you know. mm-hmm. i feel bamboozled russian <laughs> juice yeah. at me and i'm just not falling for yeah, it yeah. seriously but If it turns, wishes, it turns out cohen be is ben the smartest yeah what other
0: words are like when people lie like hobnocker like what's there some like weird english words is that like an, oh, a I different like it.
1: yeah yeah like i've heard that one on iCarly. i don't think it's as vulgar as it sounds yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite is Maddo's. they're
0: telling porky pies, there you go see cute things like that pies.
1: so we get to subsection two on page 78 about trump's opportunities trump's opportunities now to travel to russia Mueller determined that there was evidence of the possibility of trump traveling to russia during the trump tower moscow negotiations in two contexts first cohen said he talked to trump about traveling to russia twice once in late 2015 once in spring 2016 trump said he was willing to travel if it would actually help the project significantly and cohen asked lewandowski to help coordinate but he said he'd get back to him when he had solid dates. So he's like Lewandowski's like, get back to me when you have a date figured out. Cohen indicated, uh, though, that he knew Trump would not be able to travel before the convention because of how busy his campaign schedule was. Mm-hmm. Second context of, of Trump traveling. Trump also got an invitation to the St. Petersburg International Forum, <laughs> where Ivanka's fashion friend, Mira, Mira Duma, sent the invitation to Trump and Ivanka on behalf of the deputy prime minister another way the Russians are reaching out to the Trump campaign through ivanka's fashion buddies mm-hmm. uh, and sent a letter on behalf of the deputy prime minister of the russian federation and i'm pretty sure that's the guy nastya ribka filmed on the yacht with oleg deripaska who mm-hmm. was passing along the manafort private campaign briefing information he got from kalimnik mm-hmm. to pay back deripaska uh anyhow trump declined too busy okay according to the Mueller report it did not appear that rona graf did not immediately send the formal declination according to trump's written answers graf sent the letter two weeks later That's the first mention of Trump's written answers to Mueller's questions in this report. And it's notable that Mueller decided to ask him about the invitation to the St. Petersburg International Forum. The footnote says that in volume two, Appendix C, it explains that Mueller sent questions to Trump September of 2018. Trump provided the answers in November. And further, the prepared declination letter from Rona Graff is asked in question four, part E of Mueller's questions. So I just think it's weird. Like, it just doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Why is Mueller asking about the the invitation to the St. Petersburg International Forum? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe...
0: Good. I was just going to say, do you have any idea now? It still kind of boggles you a little bit. Yeah, maybe hmm. there's a little
1: answers later on, but I mean, it's like, what? Who gives? A
0: yeah. D- I, okay. I guess just a tr- maybe try to investigate the
4: context of all of his travels or potential travels or invitations, c- connections, to Russia.
1: contacts. Yeah, yeah. Just in any. But he didn't like like in even go broad to the thing. Sense. Yeah, it was well,
4: just an invitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that-
1: it, it did take Rona Graph a couple of weeks here. Check this out, because right around the same time Rona was preparing that letter. A New York investment banker named Robert Forsman, who was a friend of the producer of The Apprentice, Mark Burnett, reached out to her, to Rona Graff, saying the Russian friends wanted Trump to speak at the St. Petersburg Investment Forum. Oh. In an initial email to Graf, right, Forsman said he had a lot of experience with Russia and Ukraine. He successfully set up a back channel between Putin and Bush oh. and wanted to meet with Trump or Lewandowski or some other relevant person to discuss that and some other stuff, but he was uncomfortable talking about it in unsecure email. Oh, well, get on him. <laughs> so Graff forwarded that email to another Trump executive uh, assistant in the spring of 2016. So maybe this is a big deal because now we've got this guy Forsman, a friend of Mark Burnett from The Apprentice coming in saying I set up a back channel between Bush and Putin you want me to... Uh, uh,
0: yeah that's eh, hardcore eh, eh. There are so many connections there too it's like the back channel is an issue and then also Mark Burnett is an issue with the PP tape stuff or the apprentice stuff? I just heard that he has things on Trump himself. Oh,
1: and all the racist stuff that yeah. he said on B roll. Yeah. Th- yeah,
0: yeah, totally in roll. Yeah, it also in <laughs> makes-
4: <And role. laughs> yeah. oh. It okay. also makes you want to go. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, I took my white bread in a second. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> But it also makes you want to go back and look at all of Bush's foreign policy and then, like dissect everything. Totally,
0: I know.
1: I want Maddo to do a Bagman too about that. Oh yeah, the Mark Burnett back channel with Bush, mm-hmm. Burnett Bush back channel.
0: There you go, Bagman. B. B. Bag, oh, quadruple B.
1: There's no Bagman in that, but still, it's, <laughs> it, it would be a good pod because she she uncovered some crazy Bush shit. Uh, in her Bagman podcast, which is why I went to Peabody. Absolutely. Uh, So anyway, after no immediate response, Forsman reached out twice more to Rona Graff. She apologized and forwarded the message to Lewandowski. And then in May, she forwarded Forsman's April 30th email to Stephen Miller. Uh, it's steven right not stefan yeah i say Stephen. i hope he <laughs> so not I, like I always that. say steven because yeah, i yeah. just know some guys are like it's stefan yeah. and he just seems like that kind of guy. pretentious uh that email asked her if she could maybe set up the meeting with trump jr or eric so that Forsman could convey what he needed to convey to trump um to someone that trump absolutely trusts mm-hmm. to set up this back channel right Ooh, i'm important i know your friends from the, <laughs> the apprentice now. <right? laughs> Mueller found no other communication until Forsman contacted the Trump crew to try to get himself a job in the administration during transition. And when asked, he said he wasn't trying to set up a back channel between Trump and Putin. And when he bragged about setting up the back channel between Bush and Putin, he said, I was just burnishing my credentials. Oh. Just you know, hashtag humble brag. Okay. Right. Interesting. So this. Whole part of the story we have never heard about until mm-hmm. the Mueller report came out. And this Forsman guy trying to set up a back channel, it's just another guy trying to set up a back channel and it being important enough for Mueller to ask about it in those written questions he sent over to Trump. It's yeah. all crazy. Any
0: back channel, I imagine, would be a red flag. But this one is especially interesting. It's weird, right?
1: Very weird. All right. So then we get to the bottom of page 80 and the section on George Papadopoulos. We're going on to, to Papadop now. We, we call him Papadop. Papadop was one of a handful of woefully unqualified foreign policy advisors to the Trump campaign. Uh, from March through October of 2016. He was approached in April of 2016 by London-based professor Joseph Mifsud, immediately after Mifsud's trip to Moscow and he told Papadopoulos the Russians had dirt on Hillary in the form of thousands of emails. Papadop told a few people about it, including the Trump campaign, as well as a foreign diplomat who isn't named here, but we know it's probably Alexander Downer from Australia. <laughs> and for several months, Papadop worked with Mifsud and two Russian nationals to arrange the meeting between the campaign and the Russian government, but that meeting never came to pass. And the last we heard, Mifsud was missing, right? Leaving behind a pregnant yeah, fiancé?
4: we haven't heard anything about him.
1: There's a baby in, a, in his fiance running around yeah it always makes me sad i don't know where he is so the footnote about this says um he met several times with special counsel in the summer and fall of 2017 papadopoulos did after he was arrested and charged with lying in a january 2017 interview same month flynn lied to the fbi Hmm. Uh, about that timing and extent of his meetings he lied about the timing and extent of his meetings with mifsud and those two russian nationals olga polnaskaya and ivan Timofeev. And I don't know if it's pronounced Timofeev or not, but that's how I like it. So, okay. There you go. We'll take it. Mueller then outlines the origins, the oranges, of <laughs> the Papadop campaign work. And Papadop wanted a role in the campaign in 2015, but he didn't get it. So he went over to, to Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. a poor man's bo- Trump, I coffee guess.
0: Coffee boy, senior <laughs> coffee boy, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: <totally. laughs> Uh, he left Carson in <laughs> February 2015 and reached out again to Lewandowski through LinkedIn. It's super nice official. Uh, during that time, Trump was getting shit in the media for having a crap foreign policy team. So Clovis got Papadopoulos' referral, Googled him and decided he'd be great. He helped yeah. Trump's foreign policy team seem legit. Uh, during his interview, it was made clear to him that Russia would be an important part of Trump's por- foreign policy, according to Papadopoulos. Mm-hmm. And Papadopoulos hired in March. That's, that was their answer to people making fun of his foreign policy team is to put <laughs> Papadopoulos on it. Nice. So if you're getting shit for having an experienced idiot foreign policy and you think Papadop is a good idea, I don't even know where to file you. Yeah, I don't know where to put you. That's strange. In my head. So then we get to section B and his initial related contacts, Russia-related contacts. A week after being hired, Papadop went to Italy, where he was introduced to Mifsud. Side beans here. This is where I think he met Simone Mangiante. Mm -hmm. And rumor has it Oleg Deripaska's yacht was somewhere nearby. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit. Rumor has it. um, This first full paragraph on page 82, that's where we're at right now. It goes into some detail on Mifsud. And the interesting thing to me is that name, the names appear to be redacted, but not for harm to an ongoing matter, but investigative technique. I don't understand why names would be redacted for investigative technique. But basically, the, para- the paragraph describes Mifsud maintained various contacts with Russians while living in London, including a person that worked for the Internet Research Agency, whose name is redacted. Then in January and February 2016, Mifsud re- re- um, redacted, uh, met with another redacted person from another redacted person possibly meeting in Russia. So two more redacted people and then the IRA redacted guy. But Mueller found no evidence of the meeting at all. And then later in the spring, that original redacted person from the IRA was also in contact with another redacted person's Facebook account that was linked to an employee of the Russian military defense. And that account had overlapping contacts with a group of Russian controlled Facebook accounts, some that were used to promote DC leaks.
0: Mm. Mm. I guess giving the names would also give away the technique somehow in this case. That's very interesting. That's why I don't get it. Yeah, Like yeah. name for
1: privacy or name for ongoing matter. Mm-hmm. Or There's name for grand jury material. inside beans. Only Muller knows that one. Yeah, yeah but why yeah. is the name redacted for an investigative technique? And it makes me question Barr's redactions here.
0: Oh, because this is Barr? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot that he's the one that actually
1: redacted the summary. Yep. Stupid guy. So anyhow, that uh, Rome trip... Uh, was when Mifsud met Papadop for, for the first time. Love is in the air. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and at first, Mifsud didn't seem interested in him until they... Locked eyes across a crowd. No, <laughs> until uh, after he told him he was going to be on the Trump campaign. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Mifsud was like, oh, yes, hey, the man. And he told him he could introduce him to some important Russians, which made Papadot think it, that would increase his importance as a foreign policy advisor. Oh, God. Grossly <laughs> misunderstands the role. Totally. <laughs> Interestingly, footnote 415 is redacted here for investigative technique and harm to an ongoing matter. And that's the redacted name of the guy who worked at the Internet Research Agency. <gasps> oh. So the guy who worked at the Internet Research Agency is being investigated currently for an open and ongoing matter. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of those Russians that we were talking about that's going to be subsequently mm-hmm. indicted for maybe. But it was the GRU, it wasn't the IRA that was hacking no. the DTRIP or the DNC. So I'm not quite sure. I haven't put it together yet, but I'll think about it. Yeah, but yeah. I just think that that's a weird. Investigative technique slash harm to an ongoing matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has to do with Mifsud. Uh, Stone is mentioned in the Russian indictment, so that could be the ongoing matter here. That would Mm. make sense, you know, considering Stone has his trial coming up. Yeah, because maybe this uh, IRA dude is one of the in, and because Stone is mentioned in it and they're involved, it's harm to an ongoing matter. Yeah, yeah, Mm. I can see that. Uh, On March 17th, Happy St. Patrick's Day, Papadopoulos (laughs) returned to London from Rome and four days later, Trump named him a member of his foreign policy and national security advisory team chaired by Jeff Sessions, calling him an oil and energy expert and an excellent guy. Oh, wow. Two lies. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, on March 24th, that's a week later, Papadopoulos met with Mifsud and Olga Polnitskaya who he thought was Putin's niece, but wasn't. Remember that Mm mix-up? And she said she could introduce him to the Russian ambassador to London, but that never happened. Dangle. Mm -hmm. Um, Following that meeting, Papa Dop sent an email to the foreign policy advisory team saying, I just finished a very productive lunch with a good friend of mine, Joseph Mifsud, the director of the London Academy of Diplomacy, who introduced me to Putin's niece and the Russian ambassador in London, who acts as the deputy foreign minister? Inflating. <laughs> he was so proud. I bet the topic and of the we're lunch. wrong
4: though. It wasn't even
0: his, his life. Yeah, that too.
1: <laughs> the topic of the lunch was to arrange a meeting between us and the Russian leadership to discuss uh, U.S.-Russia ties under President Trump. They are keen to host us in a neutral city uh, or directly in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Not a neutral city. Yes. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> Or a very like non-neutral city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just go on an island. One that
4: sends chills down
1: people's yeah. spine. White Island. Is it available? <laughs> or Alcatraz. Like, what are you talking about? We would go to Rikers if you guys want. It's a book of venue. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, then then they said a leadership, including Putin, is ready to meet with us and Mr. Trump, should there be interest. Waiting for everyone's thoughts on moving forward, which is very important to I like your Papa Da voice. Thanks. <laughs> That's how he sounds in my head. <laughs> Uh, then the paragraph at the top of page 85 is really interesting. It says that uh, at the time Papadop sent that message, Clovis perceived a shift in Trump's version of Russia from engaging Russia through NATO through a NATO framework and taking a strong stance against Russian aggression in Ukraine. That's that's the initial uh, view, right? NATO framework, and they sh- shifted that over to redacted.
4: Mm due to grand
1: jury material
4: everything that exists now (laughs) basically (laughs) (laughs) to
1: you know conspiring to win the campaign (laughs) uh and so so i i I don't know if that's what it says but it's It's effectively grand jury material this footnote is also uh that Well, this week and it's interesting because this week the House Judiciary voted to authorize the committee to go to court to petition for the release of grand jury material to the House. So if it subpoenas it, it doesn't have to take it to a full House vote or go through the DOJ and go directly to court. Nice. And demand these documents. Do
0: not pass go. Do not-
1: <laughs> and I hope this is part of something we're able to learn about. It. It's not. I hope it's not classified forever. But whatever the shift was, Clovis's reply to Pop Adopt did not reflect that shift. And that's why they bring up the shift. Yes. Because his his, uh, you know, Clovis's reply was more along the NATO framework and Mm -hmm. the Ukraine aggression framework. Uh, His 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 reply is this. This is most informative. Let me work through the campaign. No, the commitments until we see how this plays out. My thought. uh, No, no commitments until we see how this plays out. My Mm -hmm. thought is that probably should not go forward with any meetings with the Russians until we have had occasion to sit with our NATO allies, especially (laughs) France, Germany and Great Britain. We need to reassure our allies that we're not going to advance anything with Russia until we have everyone on the same page. More thoughts later today. Great work.
4: Wow. He sounds like he thinks. Yeah.
0: It sounds reasonable.
4: What an enough. idiot. Either that or yeah, it's a yeah. cover
1: up email going on the NATO oh, framework shit. when we know we've shifted to this redacted new framework of the way they think about yeah, Russia.
4: That's true. With that back channel. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that detective work there. That sounds like something a, a psycho would do. Yeah. yeah, Totally.
1: Uh, so Clovis was still talking uh, like they were going to engage Russia through the NATO framework. Uh, though by then, the focus on Russia had shifted to something we don't know about. Like I said, it's redacted mm-hmm. because of grand jury material. I hope we get to find that out before I die. Otherwise, <laughs> preserve my head. Uh, then we get to Part C and the March 31st foreign policy meeting. We all know this one. Um, that's the famous meeting uh, that Trump tweeted a photo of, the one with Trump at one end of the table, Sessions at the other end. We reported on uh, where Sessions seemed totally cool with Russia contacts, and this is where Mueller outlines everything he knows about it. And we know from public reporting what happened in the meeting? They all introduced themselves. And when it was Papadop's turn, he said he could arrange a meeting with Putin and Trump. And according to Papadop and J.D. Gordon, Trump seemed interested. But only Papadop recalls Sessions being cool with it. J.D. Gordon and two others thought Sessions was not so jazzed. Oh, so is Papadop yeah. just bad at reading body language or something? And yeah. J.D. Gordon. <laughs> the bad guys. Maybe he just has a weird face and he can't, he right, can't read right. it. Fair enough.
4: What is, what's J.D. Gordon's deal?
1: He's just on that council. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Campaign.
4: What if? Because H- we haven't really heard his name past that. <laughs> that's a good point. So he's in Russian roulette a lot, and um, it's been a minute past like this point in time. Though, like in the timeline. Oh right? yeah, like, no, he
1: yeah. he he's he Spaceman.
0: man. Pittered up. Yeah, yeah. Room. I feel like Sessions would have resting racist face, and it'd be hard to read
1: that. The whole yeah, time. totally does yeah, yeah. And everyone just knew Sessions was racist. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the the takeaway was. <laughs> and then part D on page eighty six, Papadop learns Russia had dirt in the form of Clinton emails. Um, whatever was said at that March 31st meeting, Papadopoulos understood, you know, whether he, people, di- you know whether Sessions was cool with it or not, or who was not jazzed or who wasn't jazzed, Papadopoulos understood they wanted him to continue to work to arrange this meeting. That was mm-hmm. his understanding. That was his takeaway. Right. So he did that when he returned to London. And page 87 talks about all the back and forth emails between Mifsud and Polanskaya trying to coordinate meetings. And eventually Polanskaya says the Russian Federation would be interested in a meeting with Trump, Once he secured the nomination. And all this information came from Papadopoulos himself in his testimony and emails he provided to the office. Damn, that's
0: the source. Straight from the horse's mouth. Mm -hmm. He's
1: horse like, (laughs) like a pony. So Mifsud put Papadopoulos in touch with Timofeev. Okay, this is the other, uh, instead of, you know, Poland Sky and Timofeev are the two Russian contacts that he lied about being in touch with. So um, Mifsud put him in in touch with Timofeev after Mifsud traveled to Moscow. And over the next several weeks in April, the two had multiple Skype conversations about setting up a meeting between the campaign and Russian officials. Papadop told Mueller he thought the conversation was being monitored by a third party because Timofeev was acting all all official like and he heard weird noises on the line. (laughs) No shit. Fuck face. It's Russia. Right. (laughs) I had a sneaky feeling. Yeah. On my call with Russians about cheaty crimes. (laughs) Yeah. That I was being watched.
4: It's comments like that that he's saying he wants to take back now that he didn't get whatever deal he thought he was
1: deserving of. Yes. He's like, I shouldn't have told them. He's already done with his four hours in prison or whatever the fuck he did. Shut Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. So uh, Mifsud got
4: back to watch L- Sorry. No. i I'm was imagining him writing like a book, like memoirs from a prison man. <laughs> Something about his yeah. like,
1: from a like people. he's always it's, talking about his, yeah. his, his stint. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. <sighs> back when I was in the joint. Yeah. I can totally hear it. So uh, Mifsud got back to London April 25th. And then another stop in Rome and, the, uh, and met Papadop for breakfast at the Andaz. So he went to Rome and came back to London April 25th, met Papadop breakfast on Mm Doz. That's when Mifsud told him the Russians had Clinton emails. That's London, April 25th. Then May 7th, couldn't even keep his mouth shut for two weeks. Papadopoulos bragged to Alexander Downer in a London pub. Uh, Then Part E, Russia-related communications with the Trump campaign. And this is all about uh, (laughs) Uh Papadopoulos. Snapplepopulus, Cyclops, <laughs> telling the campaign what he was doing over in London with the Russians. He set up um uh, well, he sent updates to both uh Stephen Miller and Corey Lewandowski. So Stephen Miller's in on this. Uh and he sent those updates about the willingness of Russian officials to meet with Trump. These communications between Papadop and Trump campaign officials continued during the spring and summer of 2016. Papadop forwarded Timofeev's email about Meeting about a meeting to Lewandowski. So, so Pop It Up forwards this email to Lewandowski, the one from Timothy, and then to Clovis, and then to Manafort, saying, Russia's been eager to meet you guys. And Manafort forwarded it to another high up campaign official, which Mueller doesn't name here. I wonder if it was Trump or at least Rona Graff, saying, Let's discuss. We need to communicate that Trump isn't going to make these trips. It's been it has to be someone low level so as not to send any signal.
0: Because mm-hmm. apparently been, Trump doesn't have an email, right? So right. Like right. Ron gets all they, of his emails.
1: Yeah, yeah. Damn. Or Trump Jr. Mm-hmm.
0: They're saying it
4: needs to be someone of low level because if it's
1: someone of high level, it'll look like it's a cover up. Or it'll send a signal that they're conspiring with Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the consciousness of guilt admission right there. Yeah.
4: But they're saying that. He's not. He's definitively not going to make the trips and he doesn't wind up making the trips. Trump is not
1: going to make the trips.
4: Right. So that part's sincere. But the fact that yeah. they want like a low level person to deliver it versus a higher up person, it's because it would look suspicious if a higher up person did, even though it's actually not because he didn't wind up doing the trip.
0: Unless he did. Unless right,
4: they were planning on it at the time. He never <laughs> ended
1: up going. That's true. Maybe but I think they uh, were... yeah, Because that's what you're, you're exactly right. What Manafort's saying is we can't send Trump. That would look bad. We have to send a, a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Like it's too obvious.
0: But I would think if Trump's doing shady things behind closed doors, he wouldn't want anything to look obvious. So he's like, yeah, don't you know send that to totally. me because yeah. we got all that other shit going on yeah he doesn't take
1: emails anyway right right right. he can't do that
4: yeah they've gotten themselves into a position where they can't even come out and tell the truth
1: because it looks sketchy
0: yeah how amazing <laughs> must it be like, to work for the Trump administration like yeah,
1: yeah I know it's crazy but, but and Papadop even sent another email to Lewandowski on his last day Papadop's last day as campaign or no on Lewandowski's last day as campaign manager saying hey bro I'll make the trip off the record oh interesting Damn, dude
0: like okay
1: Lewandowski's like,
0: off the record. (laughs)
1: Ixnay, off the Eckerd Ray. Um, After Lewandowski left, Papadop kept bothering uh, Fares and Clovis. uh, And he bothered them again and again uh, during the summit of the transatlantic parliamentary group on counterterrorism. And Mueller included a photo of that summit in the report. You see you see a picture there. Clovis doesn't remember being there, but he's pictured. <laughs> <laughs> and, e- and emails between the two confirmed they not only were there but discussed Russia trips. Not to mention Papadopoulos' handwritten notes that confirmed the discussions with Fares about the meeting with Timothy. So they're all just lies. Later communications said Clovis couldn't travel, but encouraged Papadop and Fares to do so. Papadop was fired in October for an interview he did with Russian news agency in Inter- (laughs) facts so on to page 93 in the section on trump campaign knowledge of dirt so it was verified that papadop told a greek official about the dirt the emails and he also told alexander downer the australian and that made people wonder if he told anyone in the trump campaign about the emails because like why wouldn't you he brags to them all the time about how great he is and he's trying to get a job and be important and as it turns out no one papadopoulos said he shared this info with on the trump campaign could remember that he told them and there's a large redacted paragraph that's grand jury protected. And Mueller says he, c- he couldn't get any email communications or text between Papadop and the members of the campaign corroborating Papadopoulos' story. And this is likely one of those instances where folks used encrypted apps or destroyed evidence or hid their communications, lied about the communications... And could be some of that evidence that could shed new light on what really happened and could possibly have been the key piece of evidence that they would have needed to charge a crime of broader conspiracy. Hopefully, the House Judiciary will get the grand jury material eventually and be able to understand what really happened. Oh, yeah.
4: Yes. Um, Sorry, ADD brain. Going back to what I was talking about before with the let's discuss, we need to communicate that Trump isn't going to make these trips. It needs to be someone low level so as to not send any signal. I misinterpreted that as them saying the person who says Trump is not going to make the trips needs to be someone low level. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. That's why I was like, "Wait, what? Why?" But I completely why understand. Why would a low now? level person have to say Trump exactly. didn't go when he was going to go? But they're talking about still going and making the trip. It's <laughs> just not okay. Sorry, I was taking way too innocently. Yeah. Okay. That's
1: Very sweet of you. To yes. oh, out yeah. The doubt. Also, sorry to interrupt. I no, just figured out
4: so. stuff in my brain and had to say it. Hey, I appreciate. do you let it out. Yes.
1: Okay. I appreciate. Now it, it actually becomes clear. Yes. And then, guys, finally, Part G: Additional Papadop communications. And this section starts on page ninety-four about Sergei Million. And Mueller says that he couldn't fully explore this because they could never get a hold of Million. Papadop reached out to him via LinkedIn. That's how he does. It. That's how he does. <laughs> and even though uh, his buddy Timofeev said he'd never heard of him. He met with Millian July 31st and August 1st of 2016 because Milion said he was the president of the New York Russian-American Chamber of Commerce. Milion then invited Papadopoulos to speak at two international energy conferences, but Papadopoulos never did. Interesting. On July 31st, Papadop emailed the Trump campaign official um, that I had not heard of until this report came out named Bo Denisik and asked him uh, if he wanted to be put in touch with Sergey Milion and his Chamber of Secrets. Bo, sorry, Chamber of Commerce, (laughs) Bo told Papadop, hold off, too many articles had come out saying Trump was too chummy with the Russians, as was Manafort, so let's chill. Mm -hmm. Then on August 23rd, so they knew it was wrong. August 23rd, 2016, sent a Facebook message to Papadop saying, hey, I'd like to share with you a disruptive technology that might be instrumental to your political work for the campaign. Papadop told Mueller he had no recollection of the communication. On November 9th, after the election, Papadop met with Milian again and they discussed business. But Milian changed his attitude toward Papadopoulos when he said he was only interested in business and not a job with the Trump administration. So they also hung out in a D.C. bar where they both attended Trump's uh, inauguration. So that was the same night. And that's the Papadop stuff. And that's where we will end it. Until next time. When we get to discuss Carter Page and his hats. That'll be fun. Yeah, the hat will take up like the first 30 minutes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the whole next episode, Carter yeah, yeah, Page's yeah. hat. Yeah, <laughs> And then uh, Demetrius Simes, I think we should be ha- have time to squeeze in on the next part too. Mm-hmm. Very nice. This yeah. gives
0: me... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just giving a little encouraging, yeah. <laughs> yes. This gives me such pleasure to see
4: Papadopoulos be... Spoken about in such detailed terms because he's tried so hard to downplay any sort of Russian centric activity he For
0: engaged sure. in. Ivanka too. I love how this this whole part like talked about her a lot, and she's been trying yeah. to distance
1: herself. Right, so, like, yeah. and how they're supposed well, to? No, she's not. Doesn't have anything to do with it. Right? Wink, wink. Totally. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, and of course, like all of them are going to do that. Right? They're sure, all trying yeah. to distance themselves. But Papadop is one of the people that it's taking like a stone like approach almost, which is like, yeah, I'm a victim.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: Mifsud's in CIA, Who mm-hmm. exactly. And Mifsud's poor kid. I hope he doesn't. I, grow hope, up he and once a, he I hope he his is. I hope he is an
1: asset, an agent of the United States, and he's hidden somewhere safe, and his yeah. kids is fine. Like I hope he's yeah. not dead. That would be Seriously. cool. Is it is it
0: legal for them to do it? FBI? Right? They can, sure. Yeah. Why not? That's Throw up. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Witness protection. You mean right? Well, if Mifsud worked for the yeah government, the U.S. Mm-hmm. government. Yeah, that's kind of what the Papa Dop believers believers are doing. Believers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Papa Libers. Yeah.
4: <laughs> God. His whole fucking self just belongs in like a Dr. Seuss book. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Papa <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, that's what the FBI does, right? They'll set up stick fake sh- furniture shops to shake down Russian mafia mm-hmm. or to find out Italian mafia guys or whatever. They'll mm-hmm, set up mm-hmm. whole fake businesses to catch criminals. Yeah. They might set up a fake Russian agent selling emails to see if anybody bites and see if, that's, if the campaign was willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Based on the real attempts to reach out to them through Vence. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the
4: intelligence is right though so that
1: <laughs> But I personally think Mifsud is not. I, I do think Mifsud mm-hmm. it, it does have Russian ties did uh, offer this this email stuff. But again, even if he did it. even if he was like entrapment it's not because it's it's just not sure mm-hmm.
0: yeah you yeah, know I feel you and just to think I couldn't come up with like a Papadopoulos cat in the hat reference but at least there's Carter Carter Page could easily go with like cat in the hat or ass in the hat I don't know like there's got to be something there I just don't see one for Papa yeah. yeah. No. I went through so many in my head, like one fish, two fish, and then like, like, <laughs> yeah. really racist. I don't
4: yeah. know. <laughs> and then it, it got bad. for trying. Yeah, yeah. I gave up. Exactly. I just said Dr. Susan
0: dipped. That was good. That was good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so let's... I'm just trying to see, uh, back in the report, how they exactly met, initially, Papa Dopp and Mifsud. Because it's interesting that, or, unless I, my memory is failing me, which is a uh, very likely occurrence, mm-hmm. uh, or a very common occurrence, I don't remember papadopoulos saying publicly as part of his complaining that he's been set up and everything that mifsud was an implant he
1: never says that specifically and i feel like he would have said that oh i thought that that was a thing is it just not papadop's thing which thing that he's a plant
4: i just I, yeah i'm saying i don't remember ever seeing papadop explicitly say that he thought mifsud was a plant
0: but did he I thought he did. There's a lot did of he? people
1: that are saying it, but did pop it up. I'm not sure. It's not in the report. I don't. Right. Write. I thought he did. I thought he did in his book how he was framed. Yeah, just uh, the up yeah, da- about Mi- but he like specifically thinks Mifsud was the plant. I assumed that's the only other guy. That's the only guy who could have framed him.
4: Yeah, that's true. Or I guess also like Alexander Downer, but that's not. That's not even relevant. Hmm. I mean, it is relevant. That'd be a not, cool SNL sketch though, like Debbie Downer,
0: just Alexander Downer.
4: Yeah, you I'm guess. probably just having a lapse in my memory right mm-hmm. now. It's all good. He
1: met Mifsud in Italy. Mm-hmm. Papa, trees and
0: tenders—that'd be funny. Um.
1: Yeah, he went to Italy, where he was introduced mm-hmm. to Mifsud by the Italians. I'm assuming. Muller claimed
4: <coughs> Joseph Mifsud. What if he was introduced
1: to Mifsud by Simone Mangiante, who was a Deripaska boat ho. What if it was the Russians who put? Um, oh, his his pop Beyonce? it up in touch with Mifsud. Wow. Well, I th- I still think Simona Mangiante is a Russian agent, but like that's oh, but a total space been, okay.
0: That's total just Stedman believes it too. He's on that,
1: right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I yeah, I don't know. I I just think so because she seems to have, she just she's yeah, off. I, Something's off. Yeah, there is something wrong with the, where she comes from and her. Yeah. She lies a lot about her age and where she's from and what work she did and she didn't actually work at the place she said she worked at.
0: Yeah, and we've seen this happen with Butina, right? Like this is not uncommon for them to plant significant others into people's lives
1: yeah so or at least around people maybe mm -hmm. not specific but right who knows but yeah they all were trying to get into the trump campaign somehow so i wouldn't put it past putin and oleg deripaska to hire simone mangiante to take mifsud and inject him into the trump campaign via papadopoulos yeah
4: Mm. totally yeah i mean if he's complaining about being framed you're yeah mifsud would be the like major person for him to Mm -hmm. be And she's a honeypot,
1: and she's a little old, right? So that's their M.O., the Anna Mm -hmm. Chapmans and Boutnas of the world, just sort of hot ladies to hook up. And I think she's an agent, man.
4: Mifsud, yeah, sorry, I'm like all in the Mifsud thing, and you're like, I'm moving on here. (laughs) Um, Mifsud, he made false statements to the FBI, though, about his contacts with Papadopoulos, so that would be weird for him to that. Unless it were a play. But we're—I yeah. don't think he was charged. He was not charged, which is like the tit for tat and that yeah
1: argument. But why would you lie to the FBI if you're an FBI? Yeah, yeah, he's like, probably maybe to, not. Maybe to protect your cover. That's what I was thinking, but it, it's
0: just unlikely. that's very that's <laughs> going far. Yeah, it's a stretch. I
1: really don't think he's an agent. Yeah, I, I think I Simone think Mangiante so is the agent. Yeah, and he's and Papadop is like they framed me, and Mangiante's all he he he. I right. sure did. Mm-hmm, somebody <laughs>
0: did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it wasn't the U.S. that did it. It was I think it was Russia. And he Saturday. framed
0: himself
4: a
1: bit there. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm sure, oh,
4: sorry. I was just saying. I'm sure everyone that's listening is gonna tweet us a bunch of articles and stuff that will have deep opinions
1: on all these things and fact-checking. So I look forward to that, everyone. Yeah, cool. No, send them away. And, uh, you know, we do have a corrections section mm-hmm. where you can go to com, click on contact, select corrections, and then build me a compliment sandwich. <laughs> and then you'll be allowed to say uh, your feedback yeah. in between those two pieces of nice bread. Guys, this has been really fun. We will see you for part five. Uh, and any final thoughts? Just, uh, yeah, I'm
0: really really stoked to keep this going. We're halfway through just about. Uh, Je- sort
1: of. No, not quite. We're like, we still have probably six or seven episodes for volume one alone.
0: I'm enjoying the ride.
1: It's, <laughs> it's fun. There's just a lot. And Definitely. I just want to make sure we touch on everything. That's and good. Sometimes providing context makes it take longer than just reading the actual right. damn report your own self. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is way funner. Definitely. Yeah.
4: Um, fact checking myself, Papadopoulos, 100% in his book, did say that he thinks Mifsud was a explicitly Western intelligence asset uh, sent to entrap him.
1: Okay. Uh, so there you go. So my, He did yeah. explicitly say that about At, Mifsud. And I think that would be more feasible that he's an asset. He's mm-hmm. a foreign asset we use as an informant as opposed to, like, I think Sater is also an asset. Mm-hmm.
0: But Um, not in the sense they were planted, like perhaps his fiance might have been. Just in the sense that they probably utilized his information after he... You know, or maybe
1: it. they did it ahead of time, or maybe they did it Perhaps. afterwards, or maybe Mifsud's on an always mission to get dirt on <laughs> people trying to get Russia to interfere in their elections. I have no idea, but it's it's more feasible than being a direct employee of the CIA. Mm-hmm. For sure. To be just a, a foreign person that you're like, hey, what do you got over there? Yeah, mm-hmm. that just
4: gets money by coming out and doing those sorts of things. It mm-hmm. is so weird,
1: though, that he's completely disappeared and lied to the FBI. Yeah, unless he's in witness protection yes. and lied to cover it up. But now now we're getting super cloak and dagger. And yeah. like, oh, that seems a little tinfoil hat. Yeah, totally. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Again, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been A.G. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. So, Renato, do you still have your own podcast?
2: Yeah, it's complicated.
1: What's so complicated about a podcast?
2: That's the name of the podcast, remember?
1: Oh, will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news? You bet,
3: but we'll have a new name because we're gonna be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news.
1: Working together?
3: Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember?
1: Oh, right. Wait, does that mean our podcast is going to have a Steam Mop segment?
3: Let's not get carried away we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts as well as YouTube. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right. The boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show.
2: You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad free and early starting October 22nd at Lawyers, Guns, and Money. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.